Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It is a News Talk Saturday on CCO. 82 degrees outside. Mostly cloudy skies. Wind at 7. Eric Nelson in earlier than normal today. Stevie T was in really early. He had to set that alarm clock for like 3 a.m. Oh, man. He just exited the building. But I'm here until 5.30. And Doug Swinhart is in the house. Tech talk. How about that? A rare appearance because uh, during the Twins season, Doug, uh, you go as the Twins don't go. They play tonight, so you're in. Yeah, we got to kind of bounce around them, but let's face it. We want these guys to do well, so I'll sit back and let them play. Yeah, and uh, they are doing well. They got a huge win last night in Cleveland. We'll talk more about that later in the afternoon. We'd love to hear from you. 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. Those are the magic digits if you want to call us or text us. Everything the same now. 651-989-9226. And Doug, I was uh, checking out some tech headlines earlier in the week. There's always interesting stories out there. Uh, Google eavesdropping on us and, uh, you know, Big Brother lurking. W- what's going on? I, you know, I, I recently just heard about this, and I'm, I'm having trouble believing it, but I'm very optimistic when it comes to Google, so you can't go too much by me. If it's true, I will guarantee that the heads at Google, somebody's going to be in trouble. I, I'm not so certain. It, it might have been an isolated incident. I, I, I just have trouble believing that's going on. In addition to that, if we stop and consider how many phone calls are happening every minute of every day, who's going to sit and monitor them? I, 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 just, I just don't quite get it. I'm, I'm a little bit at a loss. I, I think it's more of a, of a rumor mill type thing. I'll be surprised if there's any truth to it at all, but there could be. Most of us have phones. Oh, yeah. Now, different brands, different sizes, different types, different models. But basically, if you have a cell phone now, are you a magnet to being tracked without even knowing it? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, and it, the more you use your phone, especially when you got your geolocation on, it's to the point now where if I'm driving down the road, <clears throat> it starts popping up with restaurants that are close that I might like. <laughs> I never told it to do that. It's Now, it's supposed to be all for your convenience, but at the same time, there's an awful lot of Internet interaction going on, and those of us who are actually paying for the account, we're paying for this. So we're paying people, we're paying our Internet bill so people can advertise to us. It's not all bad. It's hard for me to justify and separate what I'd like to keep and what I wouldn't. When I go to buy gas, for example... I pop in Gas Buddy, and it tells me the lowest price on gas within a certain amount of range and knows that I've got my holiday card and uh, I got my debit card, and it can keep track of my miles and where I was, and it will actually even allow me to put in a fluctuating price at that station. And then Gas Buddy gives me points. See, I like that. I like that a lot. Now, at the same time, 
as much as I like Gas Buddy, Gas Buddy is keeping track of where I'm going, what I'm doing. It's 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 just a given. It's an absolute given. It, it's a tough, tough call to find this balance between security and convenience. I, I just I'm just having a struggle with it. I have since everything came alive on the net with with GPS. Yeah, I know I'm planning a trip to Colorado here in a few weeks, so I'm looking at potential hotels. And What a godsend, yeah, right? Yeah, you go to Holiday Inn or Hilton or whatever, and then, you know, later in the day, maybe I'm at a certain newspaper website and there's a pop-up ad for the Holiday Inn Express in Colorado Springs, exactly where I was looking, so they know exactly how to track you and, and what your patterns are. Well, and in addition to that, if if you're using your smartphone like I do and you're going to drive down there, you're going to pop that phone in your car, connect it to your Bluetooth or your Android mobile device, however you're connecting. You'll have 24-7 commercial-free music while you're traveling. It, you'll automatically put the address where you're going. Google Maps will guide you right there. It will tell you about traffic obstructions, even road construction. It's just certain things about this thing are just unbelievably good. Some, not so much. And, I, and again, I, we are in a struggle to find that balance. And it's a global struggle. It's not just us. It's everywhere. You know, I would say one huge positive is GPS and Google Maps. Because the two weeks ago, I went to a Minnesota United match in St. Paul. They had closed a stretch of I-94 west, right by Allianz Field. And I'm thinking, well, how am I going to get back to CCO to do my radio show? So you plug it into the phone, and they have a route that gets you around the construction, back on I-94, and it was seamless. So I have to say, that's one of the positives. Oh, there's no doubt, especially with road construction. And down by my place now, you know, they're fixing 494 westbound, um, just past 52 north-south, Lafayette. And in the afternoons, it is bad down there. And there's enough cars to where I'm not even certain there's routes around it. But at the same time, if you had Google and you had this thing set up in such a way, you may want to stop and have a sandwich. You might want to stop over and get a, maybe even take a look and see traffic patterns. This thing will actually watch traffic patterns and give you the optimum time to leave for work and when to leave to come home. It's um, it's a great tool. I also, Steve and I had a conversation several weeks ago about automated cars. That's going to be a real big plus with the self-driving cars. If that's connected to an eye in the sky and controlling traffic, we're not going to have 200 cars getting on in a time span that really should have been 75 cars. The freeways should move faster, should reduce all of our insurance rates if they're set up to avoid accidents like we hope they will. But yeah, there's good and there's bad in all of it. And I'm, I am really struggling to find that balance. Yeah, and and sometimes I say to myself, wait a minute, they have me going on a route that I know is not the right way. But the last time I was in Los Angeles, they rerouted me off of one of the major freeways, this being the GPS. But then I realized there was a chunk of traffic, you know, about a mile or two long. So they get you off through the surface streets and you get back out on the other side of I-10. So the computer really does know, doesn't it? Yeah, they... The artificial intelligence built into the Google driving app is incredible. And if you take advantage of your Google account and have your home set up and the places where you frequent, it will actually get better and better the longer it's in there and the, the more you use it. So, yeah, there's, a, there's some huge, huge convenience factors here.
Tech Talk on a Saturday. Doug Swinhart in the house until 2 o'clock. We'd love to hear from you. 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. Doug, I, I saw this and thought of you. Uh, the Atlantic League is an independent baseball league, and they are going to have robot umpires in the second half of the season. In fact, at their All-Star Game Wednesday in York, PA, uh, robots called balls and strikes for the first time ever in a professional game, according to the Washington Post. So robot umpires in this tech world that we live in, uh, can that work? Is that the future? I, You know, I... I can see how they would think this is going to be right on the money, and it it might be. I think that we as a civilization, when it comes to like baseball, I I I I don't know. I I'm sure that there are advantages and disadvantages, but mentally, I'm just having a problem with it. If you're going to a game, put your phone down, go enjoy the game. I also got to think as well that there's an element of the game, and I'm. Really not the biggest sports fan on the planet, but when I think about baseball especially, if you take that individual out of the mix, isn't that going to take away from the game? I, I, I don't know. I, it would seem to me that it would. So Let's face it. Some of these umpires, they're interjecting their personality, and they're doing the best that they can. And I got to believe as well that when they sat down to program all of the variables and call in strikes and call in balls, they probably picked – 10, 15, 20 of the sharpest umpires that they could find to help with that process. So is it going to be more accurate? It's possible it is. Is it going to be better for making calls? Likely. Is it going to add to the enjoyment of a baseball game? That I would question. I'm not so certain. And will it take away jobs from future umpires? Possibly. Just like I know, as you talked about, um, you know, computers driving cars that's going to happen in the trucking industry as well and i know a lot of truck drivers are worried that hey we may be out of work because these things aren't going to need a driver someday that particular concern i think might be premature as fast as technology is moving we have um and i'm sure that i don't know about all of it but just stop and consider for a minute if if every car on the freeway is connected to a computer and there's no more car accidents. Well, goodbye auto insurance. I that's not a big industry here in the United States, is it? Yeah, I really think about that a second. I mean, that's huge. That so so this type of of change in our society, it it can't come overnight. It just can't. In addition to that, I think that no matter how technically minded you might be, I'm not comfortable with a with a 17-ton truck rolling down the road with nobody in it. As accurate as that computer might be, I I, I just got a problem. I, I can't help it. It's my generation. I, I understand where you're coming from. I've had the same thought. But on the flip side, you know there are going to be accidents with drivers behind the wheel of a big rig or a car. So what would the percentage be if we ever get to this point? Will it be higher or lower? If it's lower then you may have to say it's worth it. Well, that's true, too. But yeah, here again, we were actually, my generation, I'm the end of the baby boomers, um, we were really taught that, well, computers are really not meant for mere mortals. So yeah, so we kind of have this subconscious mindset in the way deep, dark secrets of our soul and our brain that just we still want to rely on ourselves a little bit more. 
even me, and I've been in the business almost 40 years. Uh, at the same time, I can really see the advantages. Of now, I got a brother-in-law that's got a Tesla. He gets in this thing, sets it up on the highway, and he's heading up north, and he won't even touch the steering wheel, but he does not take his eyes off the road. See, he's in that same boat. Um, has never had an issue. I think he's had the car now for three years. I don't think he's touched the steering wheel going up north in the last year. So I, I can see the convenience. But even when he's sitting in the driver's seat and he's playing with his laptop or his phone, his his eye is continuously on that road. So I I, I get it, but I'm um, I'm not totally on board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if we don't have truck drivers, do we need truck stops? Well, that's the next thing. You know, are we going to be monitoring all of the fuel and the oil and, and just pulling in at the very, very last mile? That Some of the efficiency factors I get. I get. Uh, I really do. But I'm just not, I'm not ready to have the entire world change its lifestyle. Not that fast. All right. We want to hear from you here on Tech Talk. Doug will answer any question that you might have on this uh, hot and steamy Saturday, 82 degrees outside. Give us a call, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. This is CCO. It is 123 on a Saturday, 82 degrees outside. Tech Talk continues with Doug Swinhart, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. Give us a call. Uh, J-Lo Jonathan Lowe is our studio coordinator. I'm Eric Nelson in for Stevie T. He was in earlier today. I will be here until 530. We'll take you right up to uh, Twins Baseball, Game 2, Minnesota and Cleveland tonight in Ohio. Let's go to those phone lines, Doug. Uh, Bruce in Bloomington, you're on Tech Talk. Yeah, good afternoon. Hi, Bruce. What's up? Say, Doug, I've I've put Linux Mint on a small little laptop. Attaboy. And, and uh, I was using one of the weather... Uh, applications or websites, and I get a message that my Adobe Flash was outdated and it needed to be updated. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, Adobe Flash is quickly going by the way of the Dodo. I am going to recommend that you use a different weather. Uh, go to Wonderground, W-U, I think it's W-U-N-D-E-R-G-R-O-U-N-D. There's probably weather stations set up within a quarter to a half mile away from your house, and they are accurate, accurate, accurate. I think that if you're going to have a web-based weather thing happening, um, you really want to get one that doesn't require flash. Now, if this website that's delivering your weather patterns, if you really want flash, you can give me a call, and I'll explain to you how to install that in Linux Mint but that would be too lengthy to do on the air. I'm glad to hear that you ventured into the Linux world, though. Attaboy. This is minor. We can get that fixed. And I hope that helps. And thanks so much for the call. I do want to say chime in and say one thing sure. uh, regarding those weather sites. The National Weather Service is probably what he's using, and they are still using Adobe Flash yeah. for, for their radar loops, their radar imagery. So uh, it's probably going to have to be something that the National Weather Service has to switch in with, due time. With the amount of investment that they put into making that happen at the National Weather, I, and I know what you're talking about, and you are absolutely correct. What um, The only time that you're getting those maps uh, on Wonderground, they're running that on their server. Yep. So they're still using the national maps, 
but they're not putting the flash on on the client side. Right. They're keeping it on the host side, which I think most of them are going to have to go to. But let's stop and remember the amount of dollars that the National Weather System has put. And I don't know if you've done any research and studying on on how this thing has progressed over the past two decades. It's fun. It's incredible what they're doing with weather forecasting today. Just incredible. Weather underground, like you said, underground is, is weather underground. Uh, there is also AccuWeather. That's right. another uh, uh, service that you can use. There are a few Both of them, them out shelf. there. Yeah. All right, 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. It is Tech Talk. Doug Swinhart in the house until 2 o'clock. Doug, in about two months, we'll have the launch of – Apple's iPhone 11. There's always a lot of buildup to stuff like this. What do you know? Any uh, sneak previews on this thing? Well, you know, they're keeping this under wraps. It kind of got to be in the technical, in the tech industry, where everything was hush-hush, big kept secret. But then somebody would just remarkably leave one of these beta phones in a store, and somebody would get their hands up. I think the same thing is going to go on with with the Apple 11. All of these smartphone companies are really struggling to innovate. I mean, how far can we go? And a lot of them have gone too far, and now they're selling features that really, they're not working. It, it's, it's that simple. They're put, I think they're actually putting too much in a smaller device. Just not quite ready for prime time yet. So I'm afraid that the Apple 11 might be in that same boat as where we find the Samsung S-Series today. I, I'm just, um, I'm, I think we're over-aggressive. Trying to, well, this phone has one more good thing that you got to pay 100 bucks more for. Well, the phones today, I think they're averaging about a grand a pop. They're, these are not, not cheap. Well, and you said something a minute ago. Have we hit the ceiling, technologically speaking, on these phones? I, I mean, can we keep going up? I got to believe that the normal consumer is not interested in spending another $600 for a lot of features that they're probably never going to touch or use. Uh, the edge lighting and the, the way you touch it, the way you pick it up, how it comes on, and have that stuff, like I say, it's it's not stable. It's not working. Uh, the hardware manufacturers, they're blaming the operating system. The operating system says, well, we got to make changes to keep them secure. Uh, fact is, as consumers are buying products and paying more for those products, and they're not getting what they're being sold. That, to me, is a problem. That's a huge problem. Um, I think also, in this competitive race, to have one teensy-weensy bit better and still be a little bit cheaper than the, than the competitor, I, I think we really have perhaps reached that breaking point. I want a phone, first of all, that I can talk on the phone to. That's that's first. <laughs> How novel. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I want a speakerphone that's built into it so the phone can lay on my desk three feet away from me and people can hear me and I can hear them. That That's probably the top priority. Next, I want it to be able to answer my calls and save my messages. My new phone now, I seem to be having a lot of trouble connecting it to my Google Voice which I've had for over 16 years and never had a problem with until I get this expensive Samsung. And don't get me wrong, I am and have been a huge proponent of Samsung products over the years. But I'm disappointed in this phone. I truly am, and I have to say it. Um, but I, I'm worried. I'm, I think we've just reached that pinnacle where maybe it's time now to just pull back in a little bit. Well, isn't it really when you boil it all down and you're going in to get that new phone – 
separate wants from needs. Absolutely. I mean, what do you need? As opposed to what do you want? Because a lot of this stuff, as you said, the novelty wears off quickly or, or maybe it's not that big of a deal. And, or not working. Uh, yeah, yeah, that whole combination. But I think, too, what the, what the cell phone companies are doing, and it's good marketing. They're there to make a dollar. I get that. But they will package your plan in such a way to where you have to have a more expensive phone, like the 5G that's coming out, for example. Those phones are going to be considerably more expensive than the 4G. And I'm just not convinced that 5G technology is there yet. I think there's going to be a lot of people out there that are paying for 5G, and especially in the cities. They are actually talking that tests show that you can't be more than 300 feet away from a cell tower to take advantage. Well, and obstacles, that's going to be an issue. Well, think about when you're in the metro area. Where are the cell towers? First of all, I don't have a clue. Second of all, we've got obstacles. We're downtown Minneapolis, for example. There could be a cell tower on the other block, on the other side of this building. But if that building is going to cause that obstacle, well, what good is it going to do? And I'm going to end up shifting back to the 4G, but I still paid for that 5G phone, and I'm quite certain you're going to end up paying more for the 5G self-service or the airtime as well. Have to. we got to get that thing paid for. So, But I don't think that it's ready for prime time yet. That's the part that I worry about. We are, we are marketing too much technology too soon, and we're allowing the customer to be the beta testers, which wouldn't be bad if they were going to give you a $300 discount on a $1,000 phone. But they got to be up front and tell us. That, that's all I ask. Just do business the right way. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, hey, we do have some lines open. Tech Talk with Doug, 651 651- 989-9226. You can text us as well, 651-989-9226. We'd love to hear from you. I know you may be on the lake, on the golf course, on the trails, but uh, give us a ring. Tech Talk on CCO. I love it. 82 degrees outside, mostly cloudy. A lot of people out on the lakes, the golf course, the trails. But you know what? Doug's so popular here on Tech Talk on CCO, they will take the time to call in. So we have... A bunch of people lined up. Let's start in Rogers, Northwest Suburbs. Dan, you're on Tech Talk. Hey, guys. Hi, Dan. Uh, what do you got? About the, uh, the Google Pixel 3a. Yes. And it's, uh, yeah, it's $400 uh, price point. And sure, it has a plastic back and, you know, some lesser features than the flagships. But it still has the same camera as the Pixel 3. And I'm just wondering uh, if you think that more companies are going to go to these lesser lower cost uh, phones. I do. Away from the, and from and in fact, I, I find it really interesting that you bring up this, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the pixel. I, I'm, I'm thinking about going back to AT&T and saying, listen, you can have the Samsung. I'm going to a Google phone. I'm also looking at the one plus, And I think you're right on the money. The, 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 the cult of having the latest and the greatest, it's not working out so good with smartphones. Um, and in computers, I've always told people, you know, we like to be on the cutting edge, but you want to avoid the bleeding edge. Let somebody else do the beta testing. But today, these things are coming out so fast and furious, we don't really have time to even let them settle in to get them, to figure out who's got what and what's working and what isn't. And even when it's working when you get it, if the Android system or the iOS system ends up being updated, some of the functions that worked on a minor update can break those functions. It's um, it's a very unusual. I think you're right on the money, though. 
I believe also that the consumer is going to start taking a look more at what they need rather than the glitz and the glitter of something they may or may not use once or twice and just have it because of the cool factor. And thank you for the call. I appreciate that. Yeah, there you go. Good advice. Separate your wants from your needs, and uh, you may save some money in the process. Uh, New Prague is our next stop. Rod, you're on Tech Talk. Hey, how you guys doing? Uh, hey, Rod. Thanks. What's up? So here's the deal. I'm a small business owner, and I already have one business listing um, on Google. I had no issues you know, when I signed up for that and got that listed. I'm doing a second one now that I started this back in May. And I did the verification letters. I've done all that. It was under verification for, oh, gosh, almost a month. Then finally, it's been under review for about the last three weeks. I've gotten in touch with Google. And basically what they're saying is they're having issues on their end. They have no idea what the issue is or when the issue will be fixed. This is, this is uh, just getting a domain name? Or what, what's, what's no, the problem? this is a simple simple business listing just for maps, just to get my business listed even on Google Maps. You know, and it's a service industry business, a service. So, um, Oh, I, mean, I see I what you're talking about. Maps. So when people punch in, you know, such and such service in my neighborhood, I pop up. And, I'm, I mean, it's, they're just really giving me the runaround. And it's, I, it's really you know, fun. the first thing that comes to my mind, thinking that a lot of times these things that seem real complex are, is something simple. If both of these businesses have the same address, that could be like bizarre. Even if it was like your full address, say your house number is 14701, you might want to do 14701B, 14701C. Something has to, that I, if Google can't solve it, I can almost guarantee it's some small little issue. Now, if your Google apps are set up, you might want to go back to where you got your domain name hosted. GoDaddy, Network Solutions, uh, wherever you got your 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 domain name for that new business hosted. That really should be the place where you start to set up with your Google marketing tools. And that's a, but take your time. You'll definitely get it. I think it has to do with your address. Just just a gut feeling. I could be wrong. But thank you for the call, and I appreciate it. Have a good weekend. 651-989-9226. Phone line and text line are the same. Redwood Falls, we go next. Norma, you're on Tech Talk. Hi, this is Norma. Yes. I have a track phone that is very old. It's a G1, and they keep on telling me it's going to be obsolete at the end of the year. I'm trying to figure out what's the best one to get because I don't want all the bells and whistles. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of really nice low-cost phones out there. Uh, if, if, if I were going to be shopping and I wanted a smartphone so I could get my email, I wanted all the Google apps, uh, your Google suite, so you've got, you know, your maps and your contacts and, and, and all that, I probably would be looking at, um, there's one called a Razor, and they sell it more as a gaming phone, but this looks like a nice little phone for about $600. Uh, the OnePlus, I'm finding, is a, a great phone. And then, of course, uh, the Pixel. Um, Google has actually changed that the their whole marketing strategy around smartphones. And they're going more and targeting more the buyer that isn't interested in all the glitz and the glitter. They just want stability. And I think part of the problem with some of these smartphones is everybody 
forces you to run their apps. We got all AT and T apps, got all Samsung's apps, and and it's not like the older two, even two, three years ago, where we could go in and shut them off. Just be kind of conscious of what you're really looking for. But I would highly suggest you take a look at the Pixel. Um, Motorola's got a good line of low lines. There's a lot of lower line phones that are really good, and it will depend upon what cell phone plan you have with your provider. That can make a big difference as well, because if you're not using all those services, that could actually save you some money in the long run as well. And thank you for the call. I, I hope that helps. All right. Thank you, Norma. Again, Tech Talk here on CCO 651-989-9226. I know we have a couple of texts that have come in, JLo. Uh, one texter uh, asks, uh, why don't cell phones need virus protection? Yeah, you know, we've been wondering that for a long time. And, in fact, there's a lot of virus companies and anti-malware companies that are selling packages for your phone. I think that it might actually be a good idea if we started to do that. Because every once in a while, and it seems to me I haven't kept close track, but right off the top of my head, I can think of five major hacks on both Android and iOS phones just since the first of the year. So it's it's going to happen. Now they're gonna we're gonna struggle with um, the smartphone operating system just like we did with computers. It's it's making sure that we've got them protected in advance. That's the tough part. Uh, but malware bites. If you buy a package with them now, they've got things for your smartphone. Uh, McAfee, nearly every antivirus program that you buy is now selling it as a suite for your home. Uh, you got PCs, notebooks, uh, tablets, laptops, and, of course, smartphones. So I, I think it's it's on the come. It definitely is. I would prefer that we don't have to have all that nonsense, and but I, that's me. But I think, we're, I think it's on the come for sure. Great, great question. Okay, another text coming in. Uh, explain what and how Raspberry works. Uh, the Raspberry actually was developed on a Linux platform, and it was it was produced to be an extremely low-cost, efficient, and when you're talking about a Raspberry, you're actually talking about hardware. That will require some kind of operating system. This is a very, very small technology. It's delightful to work with if you're involved with the Linux community. They use them with a lot of automation products, turning things on, shutting things off, and it's getting better and better all the time. This is an arising, this is a raising technology I think that you want to want to keep your eye on for the next several years. To explain it on the radio might be a little tough, but I hope that helps. Um, thank you so much for the text. Uh, another one coming in. Love my Samsung Galaxy 7, but the pop-up number and sound no longer work, so have to continually check for texts. All notifications are turned on, and it still doesn't work. Yeah, this is um, I I kind of I have to say that I believe that this is planned obsolescence within the hardware and the cell provider together. Well, we updated, got a new operating system update, so now this doesn't work. Sometimes your smartphone can't get the latest and the greatest Android, so. Whatever changes are made on the software side, well, now all of a sudden that doesn't work. Time for a new phone. I feel your pain. I had a Galaxy Note 2 that I really 
really wanted to make run for at least 10 years. I made six. For really, in my mind, no reason at all, I had to buy a new phone. I'm not happy, as you could probably tell. But such is life. And good luck. If you ever come up with an answer, please let me know. And, and by the way, the question about Raspberry got me to thinking, does anybody still own a BlackBerry? Yeah, different technology. But, yeah, actually, BlackBerry's uh, might just be making a new a comeback. Yeah, people who like their, their Blackberries, that um, – that they were pretty dedicated. Well, when you stop, they were trendy cons- at one time, weren't well, they? When you consider what they brought out with and what advancements they brought to actually handhelds, and we got to call them handhelds. The te- the advances that they brought about, we're still living with some of those today. So d- don't don't be surprised. I believe that was don't. Canadian technology, absolutely BlackBerry. All right, uh, another segment to go. Tech Talk. We'll uh, take your texts and your phone calls. Six five one. Nine eight nine nine two two six. This is CCO. Hard to believe. Final segment of Tech Talk on an eighty-two degree Saturday. It goes by at warp speed because we have so much fun. Doug Swinhart, the star of the show. Eric in for Stevie T. J Lo, Jonathan Lowe at the uh, musical controls. Uh, we have time for a few more calls. Let's go to Monticello up by ninety-four. Jim, you're on Tech Talk. Hello, hey, Jim. Hi, Jim. Do we got you? Yes. All right. Yes. Say, Doug, I've got a 15-inch HP laptop. It's uh, Beats Audio in it, and it's got the touchscreen. Okay. And um, I suppose it's about six or seven years old. My son was using it in college. Um, He started experiencing an issue with it randomly shutting down, just in the middle of typing up a document or in the middle of a class or something like that. So I took the computer in. one gentleman said that I had uh, need a, a BIOS update. He did that. He had it sitting on the table and hooked it up to the Internet. The video went on and on and on and on. It would not shut down. So then I brought it back home. Um, I, to make a long story short, it seems like once I can get it up and booted up and I can get it doing something, if I move it slightly... Or if I lift it and it takes just a, a very minor impact, uh, lift the corner up and just drop it down maybe a quarter of an inch, it will shut down. I have a feeling you are dealing with one of two things. I think you're either having a heat issue, um, which is really quite simple to solve. Uh, some of the HPs right around that, John, but I would think six years old, you'd be past this. But the DV6 and the DV7 series in the HP line actually had some difficulty with the video chip that was welded or soldered onto the motherboard. Um, they, If it gets just a little bit too warm, it's almost like during the manufacturing process, they didn't get quite enough solder to get this thing connected. And I think that might be what you're dealing with. Also, could be RAM. The only way to really diagnose this, if you get this down to my place and let me have it for a day, I do not charge for diagnostics. That that would be the, the, the way we could tell. Um, the lifting up and the touching of the thing, that makes me think it's more video chip. But I would start by researching the heat issue first. And I, I wish I had better news for you. Don't get rid of that computer. Those 15-inch touchscreens that HP put out, these are dynamite machines. 
unless it actually requires a new motherboard and at six years old might even be able to find a brand new motherboard for 30 bucks. Um, take us a little while to get it put in, but that machine I think is well worth salvaging. I actually have to take issue with the repair guy that updated the BIOS first. I'm not big on updating the BIOS. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Unless there's some problem that you need to actually go in and reprogram the firmware, which is the BIOS chip, I, I will never touch the BIOS. Do I from time to time? We're forced to do it, yes. But I'm not big on that. In fact, when I, if I ever get my hands on your computer, I may just roll that BIOS update out of there and start fresh from that point. It could have been a BIOS update that created the video problem as well. So there's a several di- different directions that you can take to get this thing corrected. And I wish I could be more help on the phone, but th- this one's a little bit more complex. And thank you for the call, and have a good weekend. Yeah, thanks for weighing in, Jim. Again, 82 degrees at 153, final minutes of Tech Talk. Uh, we are going to have uh, some heat coming up uh, quickly before we go back to the text lines. Leaving your car Phone in the car, extreme heat, uh, good or bad, indifferent. Where do you weigh on that? Yeah, this is this is a uh, people have the idea with these portables and smartphones. Well, they're they're built to be portable, so they must be built to to be more rugged. Nothing could be further from the truth. All of this equipment, as it's become smaller and smaller and smaller and faster, it's become more delicate. Uh, just keep in mind. Well, here again, I'm gonna I'm gonna complain about my new Samsung. I can't put this phone in my pocket. If I put it in my pocket, it turns on by itself, overheats, and shuts off. Now, we're talking a brand-new phone here. I would love to be able to put it in my pocket. Can't do it. So you keep in mind, if you are comfortable, the phone will be comfortable. T- today, if I go out on the back patio and I'm working, I don't even take my phone outside and lay it on the table for fear that the sun's going to hit it. Now, I was really overprotective of my original Samsung Note. And that paid. I think that's part of the reason I had six years out of it. It wasn't a mark on this thing when it was six years old. So baby your equipment. This is actually more true with smartphones than it is laptops and tablets. But laptops and tablets, as they're getting smaller and more efficient, we need to take really, really good care of these things. Gentle, gentle, gentle. Every time you pick it up, every time you move it, just keep in mind the amount of money you put out when you bought it, and it'll keep your mindset right on the money. <laughs> Good point. Can we squeeze in a text, J-Lo? Yeah, we uh, got a couple here. Maybe we can get quick answers on them. The first one, what is the best app for updating an Android 5.0 phone? I think at that particular point, and these these phones get to some place, and I don't know how they're doing this. This is in the firmware that we can't control. They no longer will take an update. I do know that there's information on the Internet. You might want to go to Android Central and just open up Google and type in Android Central need help and ask some questions. You're probably going to find somebody on there that's going to give you instructions on how to brick that phone. Break it completely away from your end. You're going to have to get special permission from your cell phone provider, and they're going to have to know about this before you take this procedure. Once you unlock that phone and it becomes an unlocked version of the phone there are times that you can actually get past what they consider to be the maximum or the most advanced operating system that your phone will take here again i i don't know but in my mind it's a it's a trigger 
It's a planned obsolescence event. I don't understand why my Note 2 couldn't put in Android 7. Couldn't be done. Just I, There's things that we just can't control. I hate to say it, but that's a fact. All right, Doug, we're under a minute. Uh, the good news for your fans is the Twins play at night next week, Oakland 6-10 start. So you'll be back with Stevie T, and uh, there's a lot of Saturday night games on the horizon. So uh, Yeah, it looks like we're going to have a pretty good run for yeah, the next several give weeks. Give out your phone number quickly. They, some people may have forgotten it. Hey, thank you. 651-552-9543. And WCCOTech.com is the website. WCCOTECH.com. Again, that's 651-552-9543. And thank you so much, guys. Have a good weekend. All right, good to see you, Doug. He's Doug Swinhart. This has been Tech Talk, and he will be back next week at 1.10 p.m. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.